calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> We're back at it again for another week of geek from us here, having some fun talking about everything that's going on in the world of entertainment. Thank you so much for joining us. If uh, this is your first time joining us, welcome aboard uh, the Geek Buddies train. Hopefully you enjoy yourself as you watch us over the next hour or so. And if you're listening to us, thank you so much for being a subscriber on the podcast feed. For those of you who do watch us on YouTube, you can take us with you with it on a podcast feed as well. In case you want to listen to us on the train while you're working out, walking an outlet mall, whatever you're doing with your life, you can listen to us as you walk around and hear our points of view. So there you go. Just giving the little plug overall. <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves. I am one of your hosts. I am the outlaw, John Roke. I'm a writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation. Uh, I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and not a frequenter of outlet malls. <laughs> and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, and Silicon Valley. And I won't turn my nose up at an outlet mall. You can get some good deals at those places. I just, you know. I, just like, I just like Johnny saying you can listen to us on the train or at the outlet malls. Like... 
<laughs> Have you been so, to an Alamo? There's a lot of people there. Could be some good buddies rolling around getting some good deals at the Nike factory store. Got up. Yada. Might be me after we're done, an hour after we're done. We'll see. But anyway, we're going to get into so many things today. And uh, just to explain to you, for those of you who are new, what we normally do is each of us presents a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves. Then we take a little bit of a break, get into our main topic. And our main topic today is talking about these two mergers, uh, the Warner and Discovery merger, and then also the possible merger of Amazon or merger, you say acquisition, Amazon possibly buying MGM. So we're going to explore that in our main topics. Uh, and for those of you who have come back every week or come back most weeks, thank you very much for staying on the train. Uh, let's get into it. Where shall we start, my friends? We shall start with trailers, trailers, trailers. Ew. Life is getting back to normal. We're getting trailers every week for stuff that we're excited to see. And this week is no different. We got three coming at you, three very different, very different projects. To start off, we have the first trailer that I know Mr. Vogel is incredibly excited about. The 59-second teaser for Snake Eyes G.I. <laughs> Joe Origins. So this is starring Henry Golding as the... Talkative Snake Eyes, Warriors Andrew Koji as Storm Shadow, Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, if any of you have not seen that movie, I believe it's still on HBO Max, and it is Dynamite. She is is playing Scarlet, and Spanish actress Ursula Corbero as the Baroness, and this is also directed by Robert, uh, he's German, so I believe it would be pronounced Schwenke. But this guy, he directed Red, which was pretty good, and he directed R.I.P.D., which was not so good. Mm. Um, so purely based, I mean, again, it's a quick trailer, purely based off the visuals. I'm like, hey, this looks this looks pretty cool. I have no idea if it's going to be any good because we don't get any sort of morsels of the plot other than the mm. fact that it is the origin of Snake Eyes. Um, we have an incredibly cool chase shot where it looks like one warrior does so- sort of a kickflip somersault from a motorcycle onto a truck that looked fantastic. Um, this movie was originally going to come out in October of this year. They bumped it down to July. Generally, that's a good sign. Or maybe they're thinking, well, there's we don't know what else is going to be coming out in the summer. Everything's still recovering from COVID. Let's let's push GI. Let's put uh, push Snake Eyes out earlier. But gentlemen, what do we think of this fifty-nine second look at Snake Eyes, Mikey? Well, it, I agree with Shannon that based on the visuals of the trailer, it looks cool. Henry Golding is great. Andrew Koji is great. If you haven't watched Warrior, you should absolutely go watch Warrior. He's amazing. Uh, so based on that. It it looks like an awesome, fun action film. I think that given my history of Hasbro and G.I. Joe and a lot of the G.I. Joe conversations I've had, and based on the last two G.I. Joe films that were actually in theaters, I'm going in with a little bit of trepidation here. Mm -hmm. I also think that in a world where, you know, we've seen teaser trailers and reveals and then full trailers and clips like you know when a studio is really really excited about the movie they've got because they just blanket everywhere with it and the fact that this is kind of the first look that we're getting and then we're jumping to get the 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 movie in a couple months i just it all feels smaller than it than if you are a big gi joe fan which i am you would want it to be uh, I actually, I've, I've kind of made my peace with the fact that 
we're going to have a whole Snake Eyes movie where we see his face and he's going to talk and we're going to get a whole origin. Because, like, I'm okay with that. Like, uh, at some point, you want to expand the origin of something. You want to get into the details. And look, the whole story of Snake Eyes' origin and his relationship with Star- with Storm Shadow and Hardmaster and the Arashikage, like, that's all really, really interesting stuff. So I think that that's all going to be... Uh, We'll see how they, it's all great material. We will see how well it actually gets executed. That, yeah. that is how I feel about it. I think that's a great point to bring up. Like we should have seen like so much stuff already for it. Uh, and remember it had been shifting the release dates uh, all over the place over the last 12 months. Uh, it had been shifted forward, shifted back, all of that happening here. So maybe that kind of affected the marketing. Maybe the marketing was like, I don't know what to do here. So they dropped this little teaser thing to get you excited. Remember, Shang-Chi was only, what, a couple of weeks ago. So maybe they're dropping this thing, kind of get people's taste, again, you know, focused on this thing coming out in the next couple of months. Hopefully, we get a trailer in the next couple of weeks or in the next three, four weeks and get a full idea of what the story is. I agree. We didn't get much of the story. So the action looks fantastic. And it's great to see so many Asian actors involved in this. And if I'm not wrong here, Snake Eyes was a white dude in the comics uh, and in the animated series. So transitioning him into being an Asian guy, and you don't cast Henry Golding uh, and cover up his face. You just don't do that. So, But there is a possibility by the end of the movie, since this is an Origins movie, we do end up with him like kind of covered up in the eyes or whatever. We know it's Henry Golding. Yeah, we see that mask. Exactly. But does he keep talking? That's the question we'll have at the end of the movie. Or is he going to go silent like he normally is? Um, that being said, seeing Koji do his thing was great. Seeing Samara weaving in this was fantastic. But it's only a minute. And you're getting a lot of action sequences and maybe a hint at how they're going to go back to explore the origins of him as a person, his family as a person. And there's two moves of the samurai sword opening up, or sorry, the ninja sword opening up. Seeing them fight on top of the car was awesome. So it did enough to get me excited, but you're all both, but you're both right. The pedigree of the previous two GI Joe movies is tough to ignore. Um, the fact that this feels like maybe X-Men origins Wolverine and you're like, Oh, you work. <laughs> and then when you look at the writer who's been writing basically Muppet movies for a majority of his life and then, or Muppet <laughs> TV shows, and then a couple of other things, you don't know if this is the right writer to step into this and really bring out the best action. And the director as well has a spotty resume if you look up and down his resume as a director. So you go, well, I'm not 100% sold. But that being said, maybe both of these people are massive G.I. Joe fans and this is their chance to show it. So I'm reserving judgment for it until I see the movie. But right now off of this minute trailer, at least I'm interested in that and accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you take that shot out of the helmet at the end and the title and it's just, hey, martial arts spy movie i mean mean, it could be it could be anything really and it is i mean look it's not it's not by accident that like they're going the snake eyes route like Mm -hmm. hasbro's known for a long time like gi joe is a problematic brand for them insofar Mm -hmm. as the u.s military is a problematic sell sometimes as Mm -hmm. john has talked about plenty with wandavision and we've talked about it with falcon and winter soldier the way the military is treated uh yeah. in films is you know it can it can go a wide it can go a wide range and particularly when you're trying to sell your movies internationally yeah. internationally saying hey a, a real american hero that's the good guy <laughs> doesn't actually sell in every territory right. so kind of shifting gears away from the real american hero part and delving into snake eyes who is by far the most popular 
character. Mm -hmm. And his origin is much more in the sort of martial arts base uh, is not accidental that right. is the they're like if we can get everybody really excited about snake eyes and then throw scarlet and baroness and some other characters in there that might be a way for us to sell gi joe internationally if this does really well so mm-hmm. i i'm sure they've got a lot riding on this they're really excited to see where it goes um yeah i will i i I could do an entire Geek Buddies episode about my thoughts on Hasbro and G.I. Joe, so we will do that another day, but I will say for now, to Johnny's point, the minute-long trailer at least got me intrigued. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Uh, All right, Shannon, any final thoughts on that, or move on to the next trailer? Yeah, that is July 23rd it is coming out. So our next trailer is for a Netflix project, this one based off of a DC comic book called Sweet Tooth. Now, this is uh, coming from Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, whose name is blanking, Susan, Susan Susan Downey. Um, uh, This is going to be for Netflix. Um, I did not know anything about this comic book. Uh, I did not know of its existence, but Mm. basically you watch the trailer and you find out that uh, in the not too distant future, there's a virus that apparently gets kills a lot of the population. And then these children, that's, that's, that's fantastical. (laughs) (laughs) These children start being born who are basically part human, part animal. Mm. And the, (laughs) because a dwindling population is always welcoming to something new, um, they end (laughs) up becoming uh, kind of hunted. And it, and it, it goes, (laughs) our story follows this one child named Gus, who I guess Will Forte is playing his basically like adoptive father or something. Mm. But hearing the premise of this, I was like, I, this is not, this is not for me seeing this trailer which was pretty long, which was over two yeah. minutes. Um, this was a really intriguing looking little series um, and, and certainly cut together very, very well. But gentlemen, what do we think so far of Sweet Tooth? Uh, I liked it. I actually thought the trailer was cute. And I and I wonder if I'll how much of it I'll really invest in, to be honest with you. Because at, at one point I was like, okay, this is cool. This is kind of a post-apocalyptic thing. Uh, I, the kid looks pretty cool as an actor. I love Nonso Anozi. He's a British actor. I always love when he pops up and stuff. Uh, so to see him kind of be a central part of this uh, duo was a real surprise for me because he's not that well-known stateside. So that excites me. Um, and also the fact that we're getting the tropes that we get in comics all the time, the, the freak, that, the, sorry, the freaks that have to kind of fight off the supposed normal people uh, so that, you know, they can exist. And then how do they find uh, uh, the ability to come together uh, and work together uh, throughout? So that's going to be curious. I love the fact that there's this uh, younger version of, uh, of a crew that's like defending these people. That's cool to see. So I'm a thousand percent on board with that. So I, I like the look of it. It certainly seems grandiose. I hope it's good. That's all I'm hoping for. And it doesn't like just trade in on cliches and and the uh, same lines and you know, we'll defend you. You know, I just want to see something a little more realistic about what this situation would actually be like, even though there are kids cast as leads in this uh, uh, film. Vogel. Okay. Okay. I uh, I really like it. I know uh, I've heard from some people at 
Netflix and some of the people working on it that they're really excited about it. Uh, everyone working on it is like really into it and thinks it's That's turning cool. out really well. Uh, I read like the first couple issues of Sweet Tooth, but it was never, I, I just didn't like kind of like jump on board with it. Uh, and then by the time it kind of gained in popularity, I was like, oh, I'll get to it later. So I may try and like grab the, uh, you know, grab the trade paperback and kind of read it leading into the series. But I'm really excited about it. I think what really excited me about the trailer, and this might be a little bit counter to Johnny's point, mm. is that uh, in a world where we've seen so many post-apocalyptic series uh of such a variety uh of of varying levels of realism and intensity i kind of want to see a hopeful fairy tale post-apocalyptic world i i want to see a world where uh where where a uh, as 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 uh as they say in the trailer like this kid has hope coming out of every pore of his body like i want to see a a show that uh that gives us a world that kind of went to shit and shows us a way through through like some hopefulness and some uh, fairy tale charm and i think that that's what i liked about this trailer is that uh it's not handmaid's tale it's a post-apocalyptic world that definitely <laughs> has some fairy tale charm to it not that i don't love handmaid's tale i am like obsessed with this season it's just i gotta gear up to watch it and then i have to you know sit down for a while and like shake myself back and forth to get back to normal and i think that uh, sweet tooth will not be that so i'm excited i think it's great <laughs> Well, that comes out June 4th on Netflix, and that brings us to our last trailer. The one that got me giggling right off the bat is uh, Monsters at Work for Disney+. Plus. So this is a continuation of Monsters, Inc. Uh, this comes from uh, Robert Scanaway, who is a, a Disney... Um, episodic guy like he he did like jake and the neverland pirates he did he did some other series for disney uh you know billy crystal john goodman coming back and we basically get to find out what happens at monsters inc when they stop using the scarers and they go into and they go into comedy uh really fun cast that they that they've assembled along with billy crystal and john goodman you got bonnie hunt you got mindy kaling you got uh henry winkler aisha tyler um for for what little they showed I had a smile on my face the whole time, but what did you guys think? Mike? Uh, I think it's really, really interesting. Uh, you know, the, a little bit more about the synopsis. It does take place basically the day after Mike and Sully have realized that laughter is uh, is the key to really getting energy in Monstropolis. But the main character of this series is actually uh, Tyler Tuskman, an mm -hmm. eager young monster who graduated top of his class at Monsters University, always dreamed of becoming a scarer, shows up on day one and finds out that scaring is no longer where it's at. Uh, and without his without his skill set that he learned, he gets shifted over to working for the Monsters Inc. facilities team, MIFT, uh, which is a group of uh, kooky new monsters that we're gonna see. So it's kind of like, in keeping with like classic Pixar style, uh, it's kind of you know here's the 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 thing that's kind of the hook in addition to let's just go back to Monsters Inc. and these amazing characters is what happens when you've been training for something your whole life, show up ready for all your dreams to come true, and find out that life just threw you a massive curveball. Uh, <laughs> so I think it looks great. Uh, the animation looks awesome. The one part that I do find interesting, and I don't know that this is gonna matter ultimately, uh, and we'll see if it matters in in, in the execution of it. Um, this is not made by Pixar. Yeah, this is made by Disney TV animation uh, and mostly the stuff that we see on Disney Plus, whether it be the Forky shorts or anything else, like if it's Pixar characters, it's traditionally been done up at Pixar. Uh, so the fact that like Disney TV animation is taking all the uh, all the assets, all the builds, all everything kind of doing their Monsters, Inc., uh, their take on Monsters, Inc., like, 
I don't, I mean, based on the trailer, the animation looks the same. The quality is the same. Like Shannon said, it's the voice cast. So it's more going to be in the execution. Is it going to be funny in the way that we expect a Pixar movie to be funny? Um, like I said, the concept feels very Pixar to me. The cast looks really fun and endearing. So I'm super, super excited. Like I, this was one of the early, early things they announced at Disney about Disney plus, And I am on board. Like I'm on board to see a weekly Monsters, Inc. show. I want it to be great. Uh, but it did give me not, not pause. I think Disney TV animation does amazing work too. I mean, some of the shows that they've produced, including DuckTales and Gravity Falls are some of my favorites. So it's an amazing team there as well. Uh, but it was kind of a surprise to me that Pixar wasn't giving us two of, uh, uh, the TV series from some of their biggest Pixar characters. Yep. I mean, I have to say I have PTSD from that situation when I thought we were getting tickets to see a Pixar film, we went to see Planes. And it wasn't a Pixar film. And so (laughs) we all have those feelings and I understand it thoroughly. I had this, I'll be honest with you, I had the same feeling when I was watching it, Mike. I was like, this feels a little off. Like it's not quite Pixar. And then I I was thinking that I was going to say that as my comment and I didn't even know that it wasn't Pixar, that it was Disney animation. So I had that sense that it wasn't quite there. The, you know, the, the, they fixed doors. So to me, I'm like, okay, I like that everybody's back. And, you know, at this point, you could get Crystal and Goodman for a song now. So I'm cool with them coming back. I'm excited <laughs> for them to come back and reprise their roles. That's That delivers the authenticity you really want. Because we've seen Disney do, you know, the subsequent sequels to their films. And they bring back, they bring care, they bring other actors in to voice them, and it doesn't quite get there. So it's nice to see that they're back at least. Great to see Roz again. I was excited about that. So, but there's enough magic here. There's still enough magic and humor here from the trailer that I'm willing to give it a chance. And, and hopefully it's fun because I love this world. I defend Monsters University with every fiber of my oh. being. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love Monsters Inc. So it's like, it's, it's that kind of situation. So, I'm excited for more from here versus the Cars universe can go on ahead and roll on out. I like this Monsters University world or Monsters world very, very much. So I'm excited. Do not. You need to not knock the cars. We can ignore Cars 2, but Cars 1 and Cars 3 are delightful. Cars 3 is okay. (laughs) Cars 1 is great. Cars 2 is boo. So I, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah. I, I will say I am with you, Johnny. I think I think of all of my animation opinions that I have, which are numerous. The most controversial one that I get in the most arguments about is that I actually think Monsters University is a better movie than Monsters Inc. Yeah, and that is that is that is the big one. I get in I get in a lot of fights. I'm sure in the comments below, y'all will tell me I'm wrong. I will comment right back and tell you why I'm right. But uh, and I love Monsters Inc. Don't get me wrong. I think Monsters yeah. Inc. is a great movie. And to your point, I'm excited uh, to actually continue in the adult, yeah. like Sully and Mike as grownups at Monsters Inc. What happens when we transition to laughter instead of scares? Like I'm excited to see the story of Monsters Inc. continue. But yeah. I love Monsters University. Mm-hmm. Agree. Well, Monsters at Work, July second only on Disney Plus. And we might find our way to reviewing that one. An animation one could be fun for the three of us to have quick to, reviews. I'm gonna have to it. quit being an animation writer so that we can cover all these reviews. <laughs> and this, it's my new, it's my new full time job. <laughs> Uh, all right. What's our next thing? Uh, uh, is that it, Shannon? Where are we going That's next? It. All right. What do we got here, uh, well, uh, Michael? 
I am very excited. As of us kind of recording this, uh, a couple things dropped at the last minute that we knew we had to talk about. Uh, it's kind of a two-hander. Two announcements came out, uh, both from Warner Brothers, Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers Animation, HBO Max. And that is that uh, first, a brand new Batman animated series, Cape Crusader, uh, has been greenlit directly to series for HBO Max, coming from J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm. Uh, the three of them together are doing this reimagining of Batman. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I don't know why you wouldn't, Batman the Animated Series, when it came out back in the day, kind of redefined kids' animation and TV animation for an entire generation, and in a lot of ways kind of became the definitive Batman. And that was where Bruce Timm really got his start and made a name for himself and kind of ended up setting the, the, setting the bar for superhero animation on television for decades mm. uh and so to have him back in the mix along with jj abrams uh who you know is jj abrams and matt reeves who's kind of shepherding the brand new batman uh feature films like this is big news this is super exciting i think we talked about i mean this was months ago now when they first were rumored that hbo max was kind of circling uh, coming back to the world of Batman the Animated yeah. Series. And that seems right. to have turned in from from revisiting Batman the Animated Series to sort of a little bit of a rethink, but with some of the same creative team. So that's really, really awesome. We'll talk about that in one second. But I think these things go hand in hand. At virtually the same time, Deadline uh, announced that in addition to Batman the Cape Crusader, uh, also on HBO Max from Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network, My Adventures with Superman, a brand new Superman animated series uh, with Jack Quaid uh, from The Boys and Star Trek Lower Decks, lending his voice as uh, Clark Kent slash Superman, and Alice Lee from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist as Lois Lane. Uh, and this series seems to be much more on the grounded uh, character side than the superhero side. My Adventures with Superman follows Clark as he builds his secret Superman identity and embraces his role as the hero of Metropolis and perhaps the world. Lois, growing into a star investigative journalist, takes aspiring photographer Jimmy Olsen under her wing. All the while, Clark and Lois are falling in love, sharing adventures, taking down bad guys, stumbling over secrets, and discovering what it means to be Superman and Lois. Uh, so 20-something Superman and Lois, much younger, very different vibe. Uh, so this is huge. I mean... Yeah. Superman animated series, Batman animated series from some big names from Warner Brothers Animation. What do you guys think? I'm clearly super excited about this. <laughs> sure. You know, I, I, I'm going to put forth a hypocritical argument here. Oh. Um, like, I, I feel like they're really testing the durability of both of these characters right Fair now. Point. Because by the time these come out, um, we will have possibly, what, four incarnations of Batman out there that you've got the Matt Reeves Batman, you've got the Flash coming where we're going to have two Batman. You're going to have um, this now. We also have the DC animated movies coming out. So we're getting a lot of Batman. Mm -hmm. That being said, when they announced that team, specifically because it's Bruce Timm, it's like, oh my gosh, uh, a, a animated noir Batman series from the guy that, that, that you know, was one of the, the, the key creative principles from Batman the Animated Series, absolutely on board. Yeah. Same thing with Superman, though. You've got to have this new Superman. You've got Superman and Lois. Um, you've got the new, you've got the new uh, uh, Tanisha Coates Superman possibly coming. That being said, the take that they're presenting, this sort of, 
this kind of like almost like a sweeter side. I was like, oh, I kind of like this. This this makes me think of kind of like Lois and Clark a little bit. I mean, yeah. And and just the fact that they're in their twenties, that the one little image that they had, I was like, oh, this this almost reminds me of like Archie Comics right now. Archie mm-hmm. Comics with Superman. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how much of these two characters. Uh, the public in general is going to want to consume, but also I, I really like the idea for both of them. I hope DC doesn't just stop with Batman and Superman. They have such a large catalog of characters that I feel like they could use, but Superman and Batman are their most sort of uh, trusted, trusted resources. Yeah. You know, I, I like these, I, you know, I don't know how, why Bruce Tim needs anyone else to create this, but that being said, you've got three different generations here working. Matt Reeves, younger than J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, I think, younger than Bruce Tim. So it'll be interesting to have those three creators put their input in. Obviously, Matt Reeves, you wanted to connect up in some way to the film he just shot because they've got that noir approach to it, the detective approach to it. So clearly, they want to kind of make sure the atmosphere kind of correlates in a way. J.J. Uh, Abrams, maybe J.J.'s doing this because there's been rumors about him doing a Superman. There's rumors about him doing uh doing a justice league dark so all maybe this is a way of like getting getting into the flow of this by working with mm-hmm. someone like bruce tim who has a track record of being super successful in the on the animation side and you need bruce tim if you're going to bring this back to get people g- going out of their minds about it bruce tim is the person you need to bring back so that's great to see them all coming together as for the superman thing this is what occurs to me now as we're watching these things we just talked about sweet tooth and and other things here's the balance i seem to see that's happening now we're gonna we're getting the gritty crazy like really out there stuff like invincible the boys what have you and to counter that and the batman noir that looks pretty brutal to counter that there's also sweeter stuff coming down the pike so this seems to be a balance of how they're approaching this and i think it's really smart and this is their and this is also warner brothers's new approach to superman right we tried the Zack snyder a little more angsty contemplative route we want him to be lighter lois and clark although there's issues whether that they're dealing with by having children it's a lighter approach to that story. Mm-hmm. This sounds like an even lighter approach where they're just starting out. She's just becoming an investigative reporter. She's taking Jimmy under her wing. Clark is figuring out what he's doing. And while they're going on these adventures. So it even almost has the vibe of Lois and Clark from back in the Terry Hatcher days. Right. So that's a good, I think this is a smart move by Warner Brothers to be, be very distinct. Batman is dark and noir. Superman is light and fun and hopeful. And I think they're going back to the origins of these characters by approaching these animated series. This excites me. Both of them excite. So it is. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. Like the J.J. Abrams, out of the Batman news, like if they had just said that Bruce Tim and Matt Reeves are coming out with a Batman animated series, it would have mm. been a no-brainer. It would have made sense. It would have said, okay, well, Matt Reeves is doing the live action. Bruce Tim is the guy. Yeah. They're going to give us a new Batman. J.J. Abrams thrown into the mix does kind of make you ponder because knowing that he's producing the uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates version yeah. of the movie, uh, knowing that he's kind of attached to Justice League Dark as well, you do sort of wonder, is J.J. Abrams really kind of moving in to become that sort of creative steward who's going to sort of guide the... De- Kind of a Feige. I mean, again, not really a Feige because Feige has that weird sort of nobody else is quite like him and that he is a very, very creative, involved, but still an executive. Whereas J.J. Abrams is a creator. And as we've talked ad nauseum with Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams in the Star Wars universe, that that doesn't always work out the way you want. Um, 
but uh, but it does seem like he's popping up on a lot of DC things. And to that point, you do kind of see that with Matt Reeves attached, whatever his vision of Batman is going to be, yeah. that we're going to see, you know, soon uh, in the live action movies with uh, with 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 uh, Batson. Mm-hmm. Um, that will probably bleed into what Batman is in the animated series. And to your point, with Superman, we are definitely, with Superman and Lois, with the Man of Tomorrow direct-to-DVD series that sort of relaunched the DVD, the Warner Brothers animated universe, uh, and with this new series, we are getting the Superman that a lot of people that were not big fans of what Zack Snyder was doing probably wanted. So I yeah. think that's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, and just because it would be silly not to mention it, we also this week did get the trailer for part two oh, yeah. of Batman The Long Halloween, uh, which is a part of this, like I said, which with Man of Tomorrow launched, the Superman movie, this brand new sort of direction for the Warner Brothers DC direct-to-DVD animated features, brand new animated style, brand new look, and uh, just as with part one trailer, it looks amazing, it looks awesome, and it looks like it's going to continue doing what the DC direct-to-DVD movies does, which kind of gives the older fans the characters they want, while some of these new series and new takes are kind of trying to find a younger or a different or a newer audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, the interesting thing about that about that trailer is you get to see Harvey Dent kind of two-faced out um, with Josh Dumel. And I think Josh Dumel, he's an interesting actor because I think he's very – it's very easy to dismiss him because he's a really tall, good-looking dude. Um, yeah. But he's pretty good. Like, I've been watching Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix, and while I don't love that show, Oof, I yeah. do think that Josh Dumel is doing really, really good work. I mean, I think he's got – he, he's got his job cut out for him that he's playing a role in two different in two very, very different times. Um, but but you get to hear at the end of that trailer, you get to hear the first time we hear kind of the two foot, uh, the two face voice. And it's like, oh, yeah. my God, who who knew that this really <laughs> handsome dude can can do like these kind of scary, the scary character work. It's this is it's going to be I bet that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you didn't hear the Joker at all. I was really surprised by that. It was Mad Hatter and Two Face, so not even a not even a cursory three second Joker line or whatever. They did not add that at all to the mix. So I like that he's kind of a little bit in the background on that trailer. Uh, it's good. It's good to see yeah. that. I like. It. And I am yeah. a big. I'm a big big fan of this animation style. I think yeah. it is so slick looking. I am Agreed. such a fan of like the heavy silhouettes, the heavy lines. Like I think it looks so pretty. Uh, it's such a departure from what they've been doing. Like I'm super on board with it. And is our brother Tim Sheridan involved in this one as well? He certainly is. He is writing his little heart out. He is uh, Tim Sheridan is taking over the world of geekdom by writing kind of all the things right now. Um, so, yeah, okay. we'll probably have to have him back on to talk about this like we did with Superman Man of Tomorrow. Tim, this is one of my favorite series. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Wow. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on from DC to Cause Marvel. Because that's, that's, what, that's what writers don't ever have is anxiety and pressure. So glad that we've given him that. <laughs> Oh, he knows how to, you know. Uh, let's move on to Marvel uh, real quick here before we jump into our main topic. Marvel dropped a bunch of uh, one minute clips here, two of them for Loki, one of them for uh, Black Widow. As if we have, I swear, if you piece together all we've got from Black Widow, you've got the first 45 minutes of the damn movie. It's amazing how much they've released here. But 
uh, uh, all joking aside, though, this was fun. Really enjoyed. I mean, the Black Widow one was great. It was just an action scene, a chase scene. Surprise, there's a chase scene in the movie. But it was good and fun. <laughs> it gets you what? excited. Yeah, exactly. It gets you excited to see those two ladies working together, two fantastic actresses working together and seeing what we're going to be getting here in, what, about a month and a half, a little bit more mm-hmm. than that. We're going to be getting it very, very soon. But the Loki ones, I, everything I see from Loki as if my excitement can't get better, it gets even better. We saw the last, the, the two of these, uh, the, the, the one, the most recent one they released is on Miss Minutes, giving you a little bit more of a background on Miss Minutes. And the second one, or the one that was released before that, was a, a little bit, bit of a interaction between Loki and Dr. Mobius, who is uh, uh, Owen Wilson's character. So, But the Miss Minutes one, sh- that one was super dark and just shows you they're once again dialing into this darkness even more so than they did in WandaVision or, and even more so than a little bit of some of the uh, the rough stuff they, they, they tackled in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We are getting into a whole new idea of what this maddening world is. This is literally Alice in Wonderland. We are through the looking glass at the madness that is going to be happening here. What did you gentlemen think about all three well- of these clips? It's funny that you say the darkness. I thought the Miss Minutes clip was hilarious. What I mean, you, I agree with you. They eviscerated somebody at the end of yeah. the talk. But you also, <laughs> the people that are controlling all of time and space have a mascot that looks like the let's go to the movies intermission dancers that's, that's telling you things. That's, that's hilarious. But I, I agree with you. But I do think that this is where Marvel succeeds. And I actually just had this conversation on a call about a project that I'm working on where, uh, where what Marvel does so well, and I yeah, think this yeah. is where we're both right, is that um, a, a lesser studio would go, well, here's our super dark, gritty thing. Right. And then here's our light, funny thing. Marvel's going to give you something that's super dark and super funny at the same time. And I think yeah. that's why everyone is so excited for Loki. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the other one, uh, the other clips there, uh, 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 Mike? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm super stoked. I, I think the Black Widow one, to your point, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing shocking in the fact that there's an awesome car chase in this movie. But I think right. it's just, or I think it's smart on their part because I've talked to a lot of people. You know, I've gone to the movies. I know Shannon's gone to the mm-hmm. movies. I don't, Johnny, have you gone to a theater yet? Not yet. Or, I, I might be yeah. going to see Army of the Dead tomorrow or, nice. or, or today. We'll see. Um, but I will say that in just talking to a lot of our friends, a lot of a lot of our buddies that we know, uh, most people are saying, I'm going to go back to the movies to see Black Widow. Yeah. Black Widow seems to be the one that everyone's like, that's the one. I'm on board. Before that, I'll wait. Or it's stuff that I can also just see on HBO Max. But Black Widow, I'm going. Um, and so I think it's smart of them to give us a cool chase scene just to remind us that I think Marvel is going to be the movie that gets us back into the theaters. And with the Loki stuff, it really is sort of what I was saying about the Snake Eyes trailer, but reversed. Hmm. Like, whereas with the Snake Eyes trailer, like, we knew they were making a Snake Eyes movie. And then, like, the minute clip comes out and you're like, oh, the movie's coming out in about a month. Uh, This is like, we're going to just give you a shit ton of clips because we're super excited. And we can give you all the clips in the world. And it's not going to give away stuff because there's so much stuff. And we are (laughs) super stoked and confident in the fact that this is going to blow everything away. So here, have another clip. And the fact that they're just doling it out like candy is, and to your point, as if we didn't already need to be excited about this right. because most people feel like this is probably going to be the best Marvel series thus far. Mm-hmm. They're just making us more excited every single day. Yeah, Shannon? I mean, I'll tell you, the, the, the gap in between Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki and oh. Black Widow 
It's interminable. Yeah, right you're right. Like, you're I, so right. I, uh, uh, when I when I got home from work yesterday, <laughs> I just kind of turned on Infinity War and then turned on Endgame in the background. And I'm just, one. Tom Hiddleston has been playing this part for ten years now, and yeah. he was already a dynamite actor. But I mean, this guy knows Loki inside and out, and because we're getting basically a Loki reset, all the things that we that he kind of had passed as a character. We're gonna get we're gonna get those again, but we're also going to see him on his heels in this situation that he he is not in control. Like he is having to improvise on the fly. I love the Miss Minutes aesthetic. I love the whole kind of mid seventies look that the TVA has. It it just looks like a blast. I mean, yeah. if you weren't, I mean, everyone is probably already all in on the Loki series, um, but this is just like, hey, this is just teasing us, being like, guys, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, a couple more yeah. weeks. The Black Widow sequence. Look, this is one of the movies that was made before COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. so like we have yet to really see what a movie likes, what a movie looks like post COVID. Um, And just looking at the scope of this action scene, I mean, there's just a feeling that Marvel has such a such a distinct look with their action sequences, even though they can be as different as Black Panther or Ragnarok or Guardians. Now this I mean, Black Widow is going to be more in that kind of Winter Soldier vibe. Um, It it just looks like a blast. Like this is the type of sequence that when you're in the theater with your popcorn, you're going to be leaning forward and you're going to be reaching and hitting your friend when that crazy thing happens. Like, for instance, this uh, when Yelena. Uh, uh, opens the car door to take out to take out a, a, a motorcyclist. I mean, it, it just looks like it just looks like so much fun, and I can't wait to finally see this movie. Yeah, did you guys like Army of the Dead in the theater? Did you go see it? Did you go see it in the theater? It's you- only playing at Regal, so oh, okay. there aren't a ton of Regal yeah. theaters in Los Angeles. I would have, I would have gone. Like, I would go see as like, like, and we talked about this with uh, when we talked about uh, Army of the Dead trailer. Like, mm-hmm. although I don't love everything that Zack Snyder has done with the DC universe, I think the Army of the Dead trailer looks great. I'm super yeah. on board. That is absolutely a movie I would go see in a theater. I just don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity here in LA. Mm, okay well you know it's in, there's the imax theater an hour away from you that's in between us that might be fun to go see this movie at just saying but it's coming out on netflix on friday oh interesting interesting maybe i'll have to have a little post geek buddies uh, discussion huh? I'm curious. as long as we can hit the wood ranch afterwards that's all i care about all right anyway uh there's everything we got to talk about here we're going to jump into our main topic in just a second stay with us through this quick break here on YouTube, and if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, enjoy this quick commercial. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, let's <laughs> let's move on to our main topic here. And today, we're talking about these two potential one potential merger and one potential acquisition that is on deck. One uh, merger that is happening is that AT and T has announced this past Monday that Warner Media and Discover are Discovery are merging to become a new company that will immediately, according to NBC News here, become one of the largest U.S. media businesses. It's the result of AT&T spinning off Warner Media, which owns a variety of major media properties here, CNN, TBS, TNT, Warner Brothers, uh, HBO, HBO Max, and they're spinning that into a new company, merging it with Discovery, which owns Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, TLC, the Food Network, and various other media properties. AT&T will receive... $43 $43 billion worth of cash, debt securities, and Warner Media's retention of debt. And the new company will, company will be led by Discovery CEO 
David Zaz Lav. And remember that AT&T purchased Warner Media back in 2016 for $109 billion. Reshaped, restructured a lot of divisions. A lot of drama happened after that uh, went down. Uh, and now this will be a, I'm curious to see what we're going to get. AT&T shareholders will own 71% of the new company with Discovery shareholders getting 29%. Michael, you've been in these boardrooms. You've been in the hallways of power and studios, and may, but maybe not necessarily having these kinds of conversations. <laughs> the boardrooms of power. <laughs> just saying, you've been there and maybe uh, this, uh, you've got a certain kind of um, insight into this situation what do you think about all of this happening? What do you see the ramifications are? And why is AT&T doing this? Well, a- AT&T realized what a lot of companies who try and get into the entertainment business who are not entertainment companies realize, which is the <laughs> entertainment business is not as easy as it looks. Uh, you know, definitely a, much, definitely a much different example. But, you know, when I was hired at Hasbro Studios, it was a similar situation. It was Hasbro, which was a toy company and not a broadband company, coming in and making a deal with Discovery, actually, and kind of saying, we're gonna get into the TV business. But what people don't realize is like, it's a long haul. Like you look at things like Netflix, you look at Disney, uh, just being Disney, and you look at the amount of money that they are generating through their entertainment and all the offshoots of that entertainment, and you go, holy shit, this is big business, let's get into it. But it takes a long time to grow that business, and it, it, entertainment is weird, you know? You, you never quite know what's gonna hit. You don't know what's gonna work, what's not gonna work. You've gotta try a bunch of stuff that's gonna fail to find the few things that are gonna succeed. Uh, and there's a reason that the hub, which was the Hasbro Discovery joint venture, is no longer in existence because Hasbro did the same thing that AT&T is currently doing, which is saying, oh shit, we made a mistake. This is hard, we out. <laughs> and that's what's happening here. AT&T, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, a couple of the articles I read talked about the fact that AT&T has to spend billions of dollars on their core competency, which is broadband, to stay up to speed with Verizon and T-Mobile and everybody else that's trying to, you know, make it in that business. Mm. And they don't have the time, the energy, the resources to focus. And they were like, shit, let's off, let's, let's get rid of this. Let's, let's, we got out, we're, we're out. Um, you know, I mean, you can look through the examples of things that we've talked about in the past year. Um, the decision to sort of day and date. We talked about this when uh, when HBO, when Warner's announced that they were going to day and date release all of their uh, stuff on streaming and in theaters without consulting any of their creative talent versus what Disney did, which is sort of case by case it and talk to their talents ahead of time and make uh, and make it OK. Uh, mm-hmm. And now you're seeing things like Dune is not going to be on HBO Max. It's going to be just released in theaters. So you see little things like that along the way where you're like, oh, that was a broadband company's decision, not necessarily a creative decision. And I think you see it doesn't work. And then the ramifications of that are the fact that you now have this monster of content. Because ultimately, with all of these services, it's all about the content. You at home, you listening to this in the podcast, at the outlet mall, or on the train, or wherever (laughs) John said you are, uh, you know, what are you going to pay for? And that's where, you know, Disney Disney made an investment. Other Disney than your made... discount chinos that you're carrying right now. I mean, yeah. 
you look great in those chinos i like the look go ahead and buy those um but no you look at what disney did uh under Iger, where they uh, in addition to the fox acquisition but like just buying star wars buying marvel and as much as that was you look at the dividends of the way that we are all waiting each week to watch a new episode of falcon and winter soldier Mm -hmm. a new episode of bad batch a new episode of mandalorian and that's what we're paying for now what they're doing with this discovery merger is you take everything that we're already getting on hbo max which is as john said you get all the HBO premium content. You've got DC. You've got uh, all the different, you've got CNN. You've got all the avenues of like that side of the business. And then you've got all of Discovery, which is a massive amount of reality television and programming. And you're putting all of that together and creating um, a potential streaming service or a potential grouping of streaming services the way Disney does with Disney, Hulu, and ESPN that's going to be really, really competitive. And it's just going down the road of the idea that we're, we're going to, in a couple years, as Shannon was saying it before we recorded this, we're going to have like three giant streaming services. Each one is $90 a month. And yeah. you're going to choose the one that is the one that you like, or you're going to be like me and pay for all of them and waste your money. But uh, yeah, so it's a massive, massive deal that even though it may, might not sound like the most interesting thing and all the intricacies of the board and who's sharing what dividends and whatever, it ultimately means at the back end of it that there's going to be a massive streaming service coming that's going to have all of this content together. Yeah, and this is, and Shannon, I go to you next one. This is massive because like, Everything Warner Media is Batman, Robin. Uh, I'm sorry, Batman, Superman, all the Justice League, like this, all the all the stuff we've just been talking about on the first section of the show is affected by all of this. And here's another wrinkle to throw into this, Shannon. I mean, the Zack Snyder, the Restore the Snyderverse hashtag has been getting bigger and bigger every week on social media. Will this now wake people up? even more so on the Snyder side of things to be like, oh, if there's a new company being formed, then maybe those people who are in charge can uh, are getting moved out and there's a possibility that we can force the Snyderverse to happen. And just to add to that, Jason Kalar, I hope I'm saying that right, the current CEO of Warner Media, he didn't know about the deal until a few days ago and, was, and then was even given the go-ahead to do some kind of profile on him for the Wall Street Journal. He is now, according to sources, negotiating his exit. So this is is madness what is happening right now so quickly. And it's the same company that broadsided directors that they were dropping their stuff day and date on the streaming service and in the theater. So what do you think about all of this? I mean, look, I, I don't get to be in the the uh, hallway hallways of power that much. Uh, I mean, sometimes yeah. the hallways of power, the hallways of power outside the boardroom of power. But to get there, you have to you park in the parking garage of power, take the elevator of power up to the hallway of power. And the boardroom of power is on your left. Don't go to the right. That's not the boardroom of power. That's not See, the boardroom of power. We don't have a bathroom of relief on my floor. So I take the staircase of aspiration <laughs> up one and hope that hope that no hallway regulars see me um so (laughs) so this is you know this this side of the industry is so like not my comfort zone um it is really interesting (laughs) to see like you had said that the head of discovery was going to be the head of the new company right john okay so i don't watch a ton of discovery now i don't watch a ton of reality tv my girlfriend does i got a discovery plus membership for like i don't know six months through my cell phone yeah and it's free yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's free we're doing that too yeah so i gave it to her and i was just like here because i'm not going to log in on my computer have at it um (laughs) i i I can't argue the quality 
because right. it's not my it's not it's not my thing. Um, but she has shown like I, I've watched some of some of her her programs, some of her stories. And while it's not my thing, she has shown me online how the audience for this, some of this stuff has a it, it's a ferocious fan base that are so into like 90 day fiance and all yeah. and, and, and all this other yeah. stuff. I'm curious, uh, the guy that's in or the, 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 the person that's in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Do we want him in charge of Warner Brothers? Do we want him in charge of the movies? Like I, I don't know. He could be a genius. Like he, he mm-hmm. might be the he might be the, the the secret the secret key to to unlocking all of Warner Brothers DC potential. Yeah. Um, as far as the the executives not being privy to what's going on, I mean, everybody's got a boss. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes you you find out rather quickly how you are valued by said yeah. company. Yeah. If they tell you or don't tell you, I think so. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, but your concerns about whether the discovery CEO can really bring these uh, properties to life or will we doing, or we'll be doing another sea change uh, with the approach to these characters. God help us all. Mike, what do you think? I mean, look, he, he could be great. I think that yeah. the best, the best thing you want in an executive at that level is someone who knows what they don't know. That's, Good. I mean, like, like, like what, what you actually want. And, and again, I mean, I'll just use, Di- I obviously I love Disney and whatever, but like just use Disney as an example, like Iger bought Marvel and said, Hey, you seem to know what you're doing. Keep doing that. Yeah. And that's the smartest move he could have made. I don't need to know what super, you know, like Bob Iger doesn't need to tell me what he thinks this character or that character should be. Bob Iger made the smart investment. And uh, Zaslav has clearly, you know, built an amazing empire with what he's done with Discovery. And if he can come over to the DC and Warner Brothers thing, I think what DC needs more than anything else is somebody to be like, hey, what, what, put somebody in charge and let them do a thing. And I think with, you know, with the AT&T merger, with everything else, there was, there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And you saw that when you have too many cooks, it's, you get a messy recipe. So like, I think Mm -hmm. that, and maybe that's not what's going to happen. And Johnny could be right. We're going to have a complete sea change in a couple months as well. Like there's, it is a, the bigger, the, the, the wider variety of things that you have under one, I'm trying to think of the way I say it, the wider the variety of things between, between, between everything from like the DC library to reality television to CNN, mm-hmm. that is, there's nobody that's going to be an expert at all of that. Uh, so you either have to put the right experts in place underneath you and trust them to do their thing, or you try and handle all of it and you're going to mess up. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, look at all the brands that are going to be under this thing. So if they get this thing right, um, and remember Mike and Shannon, we spoke about this on one of our geek buddy shows. I mean, one of the ramifications of this merger that happened or this purchase that happened from AT&T was how they redid DC comics and fired some longstanding people fired some people Mm -hmm. who had projects in motion it was a pretty big deal what they did to a lot of people there so that you know it seems like all of that was for not now and they're like "Eh, well we're gonna sell it off we clearly we didn't know what we were doing so uh, it's unfortunate you know you get caught up in the cogs of the machine but here's all that you have as i said hi uh, you get warner brothers uh, hbo content cartoon network adult swim cinemax cnn tbs tnt HGTV, Food Network, TLC, the Oprah Winfrey Network, of course, Animal Planet, and of course, the Discovery Channel. And a lot of people are speculating. I'm looking at the ringer here. No other company can package 
this much content across uh, across multiple platforms here. So uh, this is fascinating to see what they can do. Uh, one of the distributors says it's one of the deepest libraries in the world with nearly 200,000 hours of iconic programming. So if you're going to step into this situation, uh, this is this is a good starting point to have all this content. This is what people complain about the most when these streaming services drop is the content is not as strong to compete with like Netflix or Disney or whatever, but it seems like they do have that there. It maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to say. Like I, I didn't think when HBO max launched, I think we talked about this when it launched, I didn't love the interface. I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. And HBO max turned out to be great. I use HBO max all the time. Yeah, uh, I probably go there. I probably go there first before I go to Netflix, unless I'm going specifically to Netflix or something, if I'm just browsing. Yeah. And so it, it's sort of, I, I think it could be great, but I think there's also the, anyone of a certain age remembers, you know, when you got like, when you got your cable package where you had a thousand channels, it's great that you have a thousand channels, but you scroll through it and you end up not watching anything because there's yeah. too much. And so yeah. is that going to be a problem? Like, you know, I, you know, with Disney, they, they've got those buckets and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch a Disney movie, a Star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, or I mean, who goes to National Geographic? Like four people, but like, oh, my sir, sir, my girlfriend. how often, I'm, how the, often lady outlaw, to... the lady outlaw has a watch list on <laughs> Disney plus and all it is is that deal. I, all stand, it is. <laughs> I stand corrected. I well, stand corrected. Well he, but, did, well, he did say four. That's me and Lindley. So we go, another <laughs> two. Yep. But, but no, but I do think that like, it, it really depends to that point. How are they going to package it? Like yeah. if you really, if you, like I said, if you do that sort of Disney Hulu ESPN thing where you have like the umbrella of it all and you can still go to HBO max for this stuff and discover, plus has this stuff but they bundle them or if they do put it all together like what is that interface what is it what really strikes me as the most amazing is man netflix really changed everything for entertainment yeah when you really think about it like when you really think about like this whole world that we live in of everybody going streaming and everybody figuring this out and all of these different things that we're doing and you really think about netflix as the first one uh, it's really amazing how the TV landscape has changed and how this is a huge sea change, like how yeah. we are going to continue to see this. I mean, you know, you had mentioned the rumors about Amazon purchasing MGM yeah. for the exact same reason, for the hours and hours and hours and hours of content that they're going to get. And so if that does end up happening, it's just one more uh, of a slow sort of, you know, the bigger fish eating the smaller fish and the bigger fish eating the smaller fish until we just have a bunch of really big fish. Yeah. There's, uh, Shannon, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to say it's 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 interesting what you were saying, Vogel, about to have one person oversee all this stuff, to be an expert at all of this stuff. It just can't happen. And it's like I, I would really not like it if Discovery Plus and HBO Max became their own thing, because then it's just so much. And it's so like there, there are giant sections of this of this streaming service. I'm like, I am never going to look at like that's why I love that Disney Plus. I know the five things that are on Disney Plus. And Disney still has Hulu. I mean, they still have FX. I mean, they right. have a separate place for you to go to. Yeah. Um, with the Amazon MGM thing, I mean, MGM is one of those studios that seems like it's on the block to, to be sold yeah. every other year. And everyone's always interested because if you get MGM, you get Bond. 
I mean, yeah. and that's that's the big thing. Like they talk about the other franchises that they have, that they do have their fan bases. You have the Stargates, you you have uh you have Robocop, like you you do have some other viable properties there, but it's but if you get MGM, then you get Bond. And yeah. that would be a a huge, huge win for Amazon if it's like, okay, now we are the home of past and future James Bond films. Yeah, MGM has put themselves up for sale for quite some time. And, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you alluded to it, Michael and Shannon. This is uh, from Variety. Amazon apparently is weeks into negotiations on a deal to acquire MGM for about $9 billion. Uh, and this has been happening. Remember, they offered, I think it was Amazon that offered like $600 million or whatever to buy the most recent uh, James Bond film. And it looked like we weren't going to be going back to theaters anytime soon. And they turned them down. Now, well, well, fuck it. We'll buy the whole thing. Uh, and you can't say shit about it after that. So I don't know if that's the motivation here. Uh, but it was reported uh, on Monday that Amazon was in talks about a potential deal. It could run between seven and $10 billion, uh, and Amazon is starting to, you know, kind of up its focus on entertainment. I wish they fixed that app. Good God almighty, it's the shittiest app out there for streaming. Even Peacock is more navigable than Amazon Prime. It's ridiculous how terrible Amazon Prime is. Like, you don't even know what's the new thing. You're just like, okay, suggestions, great. But what's the new fucking thing, Amazon? It just drives me nuts. Um, anyway, last week, the C- the company announced that it had tapped Jeff Blackburn, a former high-ranking executive who recently exited the e-commerce uh, uh, giant of Amazon, to return to Amazon in a new role overseeing a consolidated global media and entertainment group. And remember, Amazon has been making money up the yin-yang for Jeff Bezos during the last year uh, uh, because of COVID. He's become a... I think a, a multi-trillionaire or whatever. Like, it's insane how much money this guy has. So clearly they want to now jump into this thing. And MGM has one of the deepest libraries of premium film and TV content. 4,000 films that include James Bond, The Hobbit, The Rocky Movies, Robocop, Pink Panther, Assassin's of the Lamb. 17,000 episodes of programming across wow. their entire MGM TV. Uh, so this would be massive. Do you know what I'm saying? massive and both of these deals are going to take some time to get approved at&t buying warner that took two years to happen so uh, this is going to take some time if the mgm and amazon prime situation happens it's going to take time as well so um what uh, any any thoughts uh, quickly about this situation do you picture a scenario where amazon does acquire mgm and they come up with the next tier of amazon prime amazon prime plus yeah where your package, your packages are delivered by a guy in a tux driving an Aston Martin. <laughs> no way, because they're not going to spend the money on the Aston Martin. <laughs> I I want RoboCop to deliver my packages. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't want James Bond. I want RoboCop. You've got a delivery, punk. <laughs> what, if, what if it's Ed 209? Pick up the package now or you will be shot. Uh, I'll I, say I, I do not want Hannibal can't Hannibal Lecter delivering my package. <laughs> that is well, that's two delivery men because you got to have the guy to push him on the gurney. <laughs> Here's your package. So. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, of course it would be so creepy, but this could be massive for Amazon. And clearly, clearly, this is the game. You guys mentioned it. We talked about it off camera before we started the show. This could end up being 
four, five, yeah. three streaming services, and they're 90 bucks each. We're back in that uh, situation because of how much content is here on all these uh, potential streaming services. Because HBO Max and Discovery Plus, as we mentioned earlier, are two separate apps. But the new CEO guy who's stepping in here to take over said he won't rule out combining them into one app. So how much is that going to cost? So, And we've seen the bundles with Hulu and Disney and ESPN. What oh, are we looking at a bundle situation or a completely new app that just incorporates discovery into HBO Max? I don't know. I do think, and I mean, I think this is where AT&T failed and, and realized they failed. Mm. And I think that this is the important lesson out of this whole thing, which is buying a library is great. And buying a library is easy. And we're talking about discovery and this library of reality television. And we're talking about MGM and the library of films that they have. And yeah. that gets you that gets you in the game. Like that gets you in. Yes. You, you have enough content that you can launch a streaming service and we can all go to it and we can search through. And we're like, oh, look, they've got all the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, look, I haven't seen that in years. And like, that's great. And like, that is an important piece. Yeah. And that's where Netflix started. And that's where Disney Plus start. And that's where any of these streaming services start. Right. Where the real challenge is and where if you don't know how to actually build entertainment, you fail is what do you do with those brands that you own? Like we were yeah. saying, like RoboCop, uh, you know, Rocky, like any of these things. Like, well, can you take those and can you create new content? Because the thing that Netflix did to get them out of just being the, oh, we, we licensed a bunch of things, is they started making original stuff. Now, Netflix's strategy is to throw stupid money at everything. Yes. And if 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 25% of what you're making is good and 75% is garbage that 25% covers the 75% and that yeah. seems to be their model like there's yeah. enough good stuff that they're doing disney as we said you know kind of came in hot with marvel and star wars yeah. but you see what they're doing with like the fox acquisitions like they're developing more aliens franchises they're developing more stuff with predator they're doing it and you know that disney is an entertainment company right. um this new warner discovery kind of joint venture as we're saying well, who's going to be the one that's making the decisions of well this is what we should be doing with dc or harry potter or any of these other things uh and here's how we're going to develop more reality television around some of those brands or that type of stuff that like you know, maybe there is a Harry Potter or DC Comics reality series that would get Shannon to watch some more reality TV. So I think like <laughs> it's 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 those kinds of questions that you need to answer. And I think one of the articles I read, it might have been the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I forget which one it was, but they, they said at the end that uh, and I thought it was it was the smartest uh, it was the smartest thing anybody said without all of the financial economics and everything else. They were like, look. Yeah, these giant corporations are going to continue to become more giant, but I would never count out one guy with a really good idea. Yeah, and because I yeah. think that that is ultimately or one woman the thing with that, a really that good idea. or one woman, yes, yeah. uh, one one gender nonconforming, gender nonspecific creative person <laughs> who has a very good idea. But uh, but no, but I, mean, I think that is no, 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 that no. is the point. But that's the point with all of this is that yeah. What the AT&Ts and all of these people that kind of come in to get in this business don't realize is that at the end of the day, this business specifically is built around having the best, most interesting, coolest idea. And you can't actually, no amount of money can make that happen. You just have to be creative and come up with those ideas or find yeah. the people that can. Good point. Good point. Uh, I think that's a good way to end. Good place to end. What do you guys think? Yes? I think. Sure. 
we need a reality show where the sorting hat spills the thread on all the people it's sat upon over the years. Wow. That's what I think. A tell all? The deepest, darkest secrets. A tell all from the sorting hat? Oh, God. (laughs) Just his, like, cigar. Would it it all be in, like, rhyme? Would it all be in verse, though? Like, the entire thing? Like, he smokes (laughs) a cigar and he just, like, starts, like, just laying it all out in rhyme? It'd be great. I was going to try and do it. I was going to try and do it, and then I had no rhymes. I need to light this cigar because these stories, they go far. And that is why I did not try and do it. Uh, I tell you what, I always saw Airy was a bit scary. There we go. Thank you very much. Maybe that works. I don't know. Uh, All right, we're out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of Geek Buddies. We always appreciate you all hanging out with us and listening to our rantings and ravings about all the stuff going on in the week of Geek. Uh, And hopefully we brought a little uh, little perspective to some of these stories that you hadn't thought about and got you going on today. You know, we appreciate all the massive compliments you guys uh, put in the comments section below. It means the world to us. Uh, so we can't thank you enough for joining us. And if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, even more so. And for those of you watching, please go subscribe to the podcast feed. We get the numbers high enough. It's positive for the brand overall of the Geek Buddy. So please just subscribe. You don't even have to turn on the download. Just subscribe to it. Would mean a lot to us, definitely. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter. It's at Geek underscore Buddies on Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey. Listen, if you bought your chinos and you're back on the train and you're still listening to us uh, and you're wondering how you can help us uh, get bigger and bigger and bigger so that soon somebody merges and acquires us, here's what you can do. Uh, You can smash the like button below. Uh, Definitely like this specific video and then go and subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw page over there and uh, check out all the other awesome, amazing content that he has going on. Like Johnny said, leave a comment below. Let us know what you thought about this episode. What are you excited about? What do you think of this new Superman series, Batman series, Monsters at Work, Snake Eyes, all of it? What do you think of this merger? Uh, Let us know what you think about all of it. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, whether you got us on Anchor or Spotify or Apple, Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available, go ahead and leave us some likes there, leave us some stars, leave some comments there. It always helps us out. And the best thing that you can do is retweet this video, repost this video, text this video to your friends, tell everybody about those dashing fun guys that you talk geek stuff with once a week. There you go. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, And we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.